0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Endurance Minded. It's the podcast that looks at the psychological and emotional aspects of endurance sports and how they impact performance. I'm your host, Taylor Thomas, founder and coach at TEC. And before we dive in today, I want to do a little bit of housekeeping. Um, First and foremost, I want to thank everyone, all of our listeners, for uh, all of the great uh, reviews and ratings that you've been leaving. Um, uh, I've put that out uh, several times uh, over uh, over our uh, last several episodes, uh, and you guys have responded and had some great things to say, so uh, I really, really appreciate it. Uh, it means a lot. You guys have been leaving comments uh, on uh, on our social media. Um, you've uh, you've reached out uh, via uh, the Endurance Minded website, enduranceminded.com, to let us know what you think, feel, what you want to hear about, so the feedback... Uh, is super valuable. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm grateful for it, and um, and I just want to ask you guys to keep it coming. Um, ratings, reviews, those are the lifeblood of any podcast. That's the way uh, we get in front of uh, of more people. That's the way we make an impact. Uh, that's the way uh, the things. Uh, that you guys, as uh, as listeners of endurance minded, are taking away from this show. That's the way we get those those concepts, those ideas, uh, that guidance, resources, tools. That's how we get that in front of more people. Which is um, which is my goal. Uh, this podcast was started um, as a as a way to provide insight um, a- into uh, the things that that. I think are most critical to uh, to the athletic journey, uh, to athletic identity, to the success of individuals who pursue athleticism. So um, keep it coming. Let's keep it alive. Um, whatever your favorite platform is, uh, rate us, give us a review, uh, and then I'm also going to ask that you send it to a friend. Um, so word of mouth. Uh, is also how things spread um so if you've liked a particular episode, if you uh just like what we're doing in general, um share the podcast with somebody that you think might find value in it, and what we're seeing is that while I'm coming from things from the perspective and through the lens of athleticism primarily because that's the world that I live in and um and that's how I've built my career uh this podcast more and more is uh is is finding a space in uh, in leaders, uh, entrepreneurship, um, people that are working to identify how to maximize their potential and how to think about things in a way that's more nuanced and allows them to find um to find balance to uh, to be productive. Um, however they identify success, we're hearing more and more uh, from our listeners that. While they might not identify primarily as an athlete, they're still finding value in this podcast, which is great because um, I think identity is something that should be uh, well-rounded and should be multifaceted. So even if there's somebody that, um, that you don't uh, necessarily um, wouldn't put in the kind of quote-unquote athlete camp, send it their way uh, and see what they think and let us know. Let us know where you're finding value uh, in the topics that we're covering, the interviews that we're having, the conversations that uh, that are that are um, coming out of this podcast, let us know how that's resonating. So, again, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, but keep it alive. Uh, let's keep it going. If you haven't had a chance to rate, subscribe, share, please do so. Uh, it's much appreciated. Um, all right, that's the end of the housekeeping. Let's get to uh, to this uh, this week's episode. And um, this is coming from um, like all of the, uh, the solo uh, episodes that I do. It's coming from experiences that I've had with athletes, um, feedback, and questions that you guys have submitted via uh, enduranceminded.com. And um, it's something that I, I think is maybe one of the most underserved topics. This is a big... That's a that's a broad stroke, but I think I'm going to confidently say that it's one of the most underserved topics when it comes to endurance sports uh, and um, and the athletic journey, and that is the importance of mental space. And I'm going to go into what that means, how it manifests itself, and I'm also going to outline um, four different areas that I think it's most critical that we think about when and how to apply that space. Um, but I'll start with a, with two kind of overarching, um, statements. And the first is that the number of workouts that you complete as an athlete does not correspond or define your motivation as an athlete. And I'll, I'll, I'll expand on that, but, but there is a, there is a direct link for many athletes, that the frequency in which they they execute towards their sport, towards their discipline, towards training, um, is directly linked to the amount of motivation and commitment that they're bringing to uh, to their to their the pursuit of their uh, of their athletic potential. And I'd like to put that to bed because that's, that's not the case. Um, it is a varied journey. Uh, there are highs and lows and great weeks and horrible weeks and great months and horrible months and years and so on. And so the, the frequency at which we execute does not define us as athletes. Secondly, and on the heels of that, um, the number of workouts that a coach writes um does not define their value. So when a coach works with an athlete, there is a, a, a real necessity for communication there in which the athlete knows that it's not the number of workouts that they commit to that defines their motivation, that the athlete knows that it's not how many how full the training schedule is uh the training plan um how many custom workouts the coach has created that's not what defines the coach's value or the value of that relationship and I'm and again I'm going to expand on that but those are two very important critical statements that are that are that are worth identifying I think it's worth putting it out there um because there is a there's a disconnect oftentimes in how that that frequency and prescriptive component of the coach-athlete relationship works. All right, those are the two statements. Keep those in mind. I'm going to go through, and we're going to identify how this manifests itself. So the reason this, this now's a good time to talk about this, because um, as uh, races are coming back online, uh, it is the summer season in the Northern Hemisphere, and there is um athletes are pushing hard towards towards their goals whether that's a race or a particular um uh thing that they'd like to accomplish um we're we're getting into for for many of us uh the the kind of throws of uh of of peak training season uh and and racing season so with that comes higher frequency. Uh, it comes for, uh, with that comes uh, a higher demand on the athlete's time. Um, it comes with more stress, more strain, um, the need to balance better, uh, the need to, to, to find balance. Daily, whereas in uh, other times of the season there's there's going to be more space just naturally because um you're working on other things and and frequency intensity, and volume are not at their peak so so why is mental space important now and the answer is because <clears throat> it takes a tremendous amount of commitment to see a goal uh to to see that goal through and When we ask of ourselves uh, something that is so demanding, it's important to understand and realize that there needs to be opportunities for space and not just physical rest. Recovery is always, or certainly should be, always factored in and weighed with just as much importance uh, as your key training sessions. So let's assume that the physical recovery is, is part of the equation. We know that that's important. That's something that we as athletes do. We look forward to it when we're tired. But the mental recovery is where we falter sometimes. And we have a hard time weighting that with as much, um, uh, with as much importance as the other aspects of our training. So let's talk about when, where, how. Uh, this needs to show up, or or might show up in uh, in in our execution in our training. First first thing, really easy, vacation or travel. So what I see happen a lot with athletes is again motivation is high, and they don't want to miss out, quote unquote, on on fitness. They don't want to take a step back, or feel like they're taking a step back from all of the work that they're they're putting in, and so they have summer travel, vacation, um, work travel, whatever it is, something that disrupts their normal um, their normal schedule, their normal daily workflow. And the first thought is often, how do I maintain my training? Um, trajectory during this trip so let's take a vacation for example um you're gone for a week you take a trip to the beach and you want to take your bike with you uh you want to continue to train maybe you're identifying uh gyms spin classes opportunities for strength training so i'll start by saying that maintaining an active lifestyle is is important you know there there is value in continuing to keep activity as part of your um, you know daily habit or you know weekly habit. Where that falls away for me is that when we start to force a training schedule, a training plan, um, when it's a very clear opportunity for a mental reset um vacation is a time of relaxation so if you have the opportunity to go on a trip um take it take it as a chance to reset again we're we're asking for a lot of resources um as athletes when we commit to uh to pursuing uh, our goals it's okay to pull back and it's certainly okay and i would i would argue critical that that time period does not look the same as your structured training so don't go into your week of vacation at the beach with the same Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday training schedule that you had the week prior before you left. Mix it up. Um, there's a couple of ways to do this. Um, there, maybe it's total time off. So I would actually uh, make the argument, and I've seen it play out successfully hundreds of times in my career, that if that time is taken completely away, the ability to come back mentally refreshed outweighs any fitness uh, that you would be able to glean from whatever sessions you executed during training. So maybe that time is completely off, or maybe you go for a walk, or uh, do push-ups and pull-ups, or you know, easy things, but you're not following a training plan. The other option is that maybe you have a couple of key things. Maybe you're gone for a couple of weeks. Maybe that is... Gonna make have an impact in your trajectory. So then you keep things more loose. Maybe you um, you know, have a couple of key sessions you can pull from. Maybe there's a body weight strength program. Uh, maybe you could switch up disciplines. If you're a cyclist, maybe you try to run a little bit. Um whatever it is, it's important, I think, to have that disconnect and to, to create that space so that you don't feel the pressure. Because I think we need to 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 identify what the the real pressure that it that comes with executing uh, on a on a on a regimented training schedule. There is a weight that every day carries um, that's important for for coaches and athletes to just um, to to understand and identify and and kind of call it out. So so make some space there. Pull away from that weight. Uh, from that, uh, you know, for me as a coach, I love when athletes are able to go on a trip and not talk to me for a week, right? Because I've been asking a lot of them. I understand what it takes to remain committed season after season, and I would love if they would have the opportunity to pull back and relieve some of that pressure. Um, that's that's a natural part of uh, of pursuing your full potential. So the first place that mental space uh, is important, is vacation and slash travel. can say the same thing for work travel. That tends to be a very stressful scenario, tends to be very busy. Let's not try to make that even more stressful by getting up at 3 in the morning to go to the hotel, basement, gym, to get in a lackluster uh, workout. That time is probably best spent resting, or uh, stretching, meditating, preparing for the demands of whatever that schedule is going to present. Um, so, don't feel pressure or, or work to relieve some of that pressure around vacation and travel. Um, next place that I think mental space is important is during big training blocks. So, this one kind of flies in the face of what we would traditionally, the timing of these of this, this mental space, because my argument is that that actually might be the most critical space and time period to pay attention to when we can infuse opportunities for, um, for space, for clarity, for a little bit of downtime. So again, we need to understand the commitment that it takes to execute towards our goals day after day. And when we're in peak training blocks, let's say we have 12 weeks to prepare for our goal. That's our peak volume intensity. The frequency of our workouts has increased. Um, The demands on our time alone are substantial. Most of us are balancing that load in relation to Uh, other responsibilities that we have to our families, to our work, to our friends. We need to maintain relationships with people outside of our training. Um, That takes a ton of effort. And when we do that for a month, two months, three months, when we build, 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 we're really working to to, um, produce the best possible result or or produce the best possible athlete that we can – that takes a huge toll and it's okay if it starts to feel like it's bogging us down this is where athletes are very hard on themselves and i and i really want to bring this up because i hope to normalize the fact that it takes a ton of energy and if you feel tired and worn down that doesn't mean you're less of an athlete that means you're committed that means your motivation has been has has remained high, and it's okay to have a lull in that motivation. So, I really like to look for opportunities. First and foremost, we need to pay attention. Again, we need to be okay with with calling it what it is. Right, as athletes, we need to be comfortable saying this week is not my peak motivation week. I'm tired. Uh, I'm balancing a lot. It feels stressful. It maybe doesn't feel productive that's okay. That doesn't diminish your commitment or your, your uh, drive, your motivation as an athlete. And then from a coaching perspective, we need to be able to, to, to call that out, to understand when we see the writing on the wall, when we see the signs, we need to listen to our athletes and we need to make sure that we're paying attention to the things that matter, that the pursuit of those goals is a very nuanced and dynamic experience. And, and that requires listening. So, when we do that, there's opportunity for space without losing fitness. And one of the ways, my favorite way to do this is and this is just one example. There's there's lots of ways and I think it can be should be very individual to the athlete. But let's say Saturday is typically your long workout and you um your own path, you know, you've you've progressed volume week after week, Saturday after Saturday, maybe Saturday and Sunday. Um, started at you know one hour, now you're doing multiple hours of training uh, on the weekend. So one of the most refreshing experiences when you're in that place is to be able to wake up and listen to your body and then do the thing that feels best for that day. So that's what I would recommend is that instead of Okay, here's your four-hour bike ride, your three-hour run, your two-hour run, six-hour bike ride, whatever it is. Take Saturday, and let's, let's make it a free day. Wake up. Make sure that you're listening to your body. So don't, don't force what you think should happen. Actually key in and listen to what you need. And Again, be okay with knowing that that's the right call for the day. And then do that thing. So if that's a 30-minute run, great. If you're feeling great and you, you're motivated and you, and you want to push it that day, go for longer, go for shorter, bigger, change the terrain up. Really use that opportunity to, to create a barrier between the pressure that that training plan has provided and your opportunity to, to exercise in a way that feels – like it's uniquely yours and that you're making that decision. And that's one day. And even if the, the answer is uh, you go for a walk and you don't, do, that's fine. Again, the value of that space is going to far outweigh whatever fitness you got. Uh, because if that's truly what you needed that day, pushing longer, harder, further uh, is only going to bury you more mentally. And that's a hard hole to get out of because that becomes very cumulative, just like training stress, um, that's a hard position to navigate away from. So infuse opportunities for space. Even when things are at their peak, you don't have to sacrifice fitness to uh, infuse longevity and sustainability into, uh, into your training. So next is when we're coming out of the completion of our goals. So, again, this is a place that's challenging for athletes and coaches. Let's say you just did a big race, completed a particular distance that you wanted to do. Um, and the first inclination is to capitalize on that fitness. So, so often I see athletes want to get right back to the grind, um, you know, after minimal rest. Um, and again, that's great. I'm glad motivation is high. I want to pull back on the reins because the space after that is important. Even if you think you don't need it, I promise you'll need it. Eventually you'll need it down the road. You'll need it after the next goal or the next big training block. So again, with sustainability and longevity in mind, um, think about how to come out of, a particular uh, uh, goal again, or an event. So, the way to do that, uh, I think, take the next week away from your primary discipline. So, if you did uh, uh, a trail ultra, uh, a, a running race, don't run the next week. Go for walks. Uh, movement is good. Foam rolling, activation work, stretching walk um you know even a easy bike ride but take take some time 7 days away from the discipline that you have committed so much time to, to in preparing for that goal you've you've already produced a tremendous amount of training stress from that goal that was a very hard thing because that's that's the nature of our of our goals so within that there, there will be plenty of fitness created. Fitness follows fatigue. You do a goal, you're tired. Fitness will happen after that. So it, and specifically, it will happen when you're resting. So not only is that week after um, important for mental space, it's also important uh, for the physiology component, um, where that's really where the fitness is going to be leveraged and created, so to speak, from that goal. So then after a week, check in, right? So the next Monday comes around. What do you feel like and where are you at? And be honest and start to think about how to integrate your primary discipline in a way that feels productive. Um, it's it's probably not hard workouts. Uh, it should probably be more free form, uh, meaning that that's a great opportunity to meet up with friends for a ride or a run that you haven't been able to see when you've been focused on individualized training. Um, it's a great chance for, uh, for things that you, uh, you weren't doing, uh, again, because you didn't have time. So yoga classes, Pilates, um, uh, a group class that you like at your gym, whatever that looks and feels like for you, ask yourself how that next week, the second week is going to feel most productive and and really be honest again. Don't force fitness. Think about how um, that's going to feel, um, and work to to build a, a schedule that aligns with that, while also layering in some sound training philosophy. So knowing that we created fitness from your from your goal. How do we leverage that? How do we start to set our sights in the future, start to move things forward while also making sure that we're listening to your body? Depending on the intensity and the length of the thing that you did, it could take several weeks to really start to feel like you're kind of firing again. So so it's okay that there's some space. Um, And this is especially true if you're doing – multiple events. So if you have one goal and then six weeks later you have another goal and then three weeks later you have a goal after that and so on and so forth with so many athletes, prefer to stack events through the summer, which is totally fine. Coming in and out of those is is critical. That's the timing. That's the balance that we need to pay the most attention to because when you burn the candle at both ends like that, there is a point where it burns out. Um, and so think about how you come in and out of uh, goals events um, hard training blocks you know even big peak volume weekends pay attention to what you need to the cues your body's given you um, and uh, and make sure that you're listening um, the fourth thing uh, the fourth area that I think there's opportunity for mental space um, is when we're in stressful time periods and I've talked about this on on the show before, but stress is stress. And whether that's physical, mental, emotional, physiological, your body is constantly working to compartmentalize and manage stress. When we increase our training volume, our training load, all that is is more stress. And now we've tasked our body with managing that increased stress. Typically, unless you're a professional athlete, that's in conjunction with, or, or let me back up, even if you are a professional athlete, this applies to everyone because everyone is managing other things in their lives. Even if you are, are just killing time until your next training session, you still have relationships you, you want to maintain and give energy to. Uh, You have other things that you want to accomplish in your life. So, so their training is always, uh, it never happens in a vacuum, right? When we layer in training stress and when that training stress increases, um, we, um, we have to deal with that. So when we're training, when we're moving towards our goals, and this is, this is no matter the time of year. Um, if there are heightened stressors, uh, increased stress in other areas of our lives, we need to take that into consideration. So let's say that we're, um, we're having a good block of training. Things are going well. We've had four, five, six weeks of really productive work. Things feel balanced. You get a a new project at work, um, that you either dumped in your lap or one that you're excited to take on. It doesn't really matter the context it matters that it's it's it adds stress, right? It either adds more work, uh, it, that the expectations are now higher on your time and your ability to execute in a particular space, um, and that's going to matter, um, because that is stress, and your body now has more stress, uh, to to compartmentalize and manage, in relation to, um, or on top of your training stress. So, when that happens, so it's not if, we're all in this position at some point, we need to just we need to make sure that we're giving that stress the weight it deserves. So often athletes again, because they're committed, because they're motivated, um, th- that when those types of things happen, they they have a hard time um budging, so to speak, uh in other areas of their lives because they want to continue to push forward, and I respect that, and that's great, and that's so much of what makes the athlete mentality uh valuable and and, and exciting and it's you know when you're around those people, there's a real quality there, but it can't be at the detriment of our ability to to remain sustainable in our approach to our life um and training is just a part of that. So when we have stressful time periods, let's make some space. Give those give those other things weight. Um and don't be afraid to to think about external stress outside of training as um as a hard workout. If you had a brutal day at work, if you had a brutal day at home, kids were sick, stay up, you know, you're up half the night, that, that matters, that, that's something that should be factored in. And so how that gets navigated is very, very different for each individual athlete. But I'll say that me as a coach, that's the thing that I want to pay the closest attention to. How, how is it going external to training? I know that I can write a really good training plan but that also is a snapshot of just one component of an athlete's um, uh, body, right? That's th- I'm writing workouts that address physiological demands um, that align with preparation for a specific goal. And those adhere to training principles and philosophies and progression and, and all these things that are the um, – the art and science of coaching. What I then need to know is, does that actually align and make sense with how that athlete is feeling? How are they, um, what is it actually going to look like to execute that training plan within the context of that athlete's life? And that is where this external stress needs to be factored in. Because again, stressful week at work, pull back. Right, one, one week, one day, a, a few weeks, that at the end of the line, if we can arrive with a balanced and sustainable mindset, one where we feel mental clarity, we feel like we've had space, we, we don't feel bogged down and like it's been a chore to execute on our goals as athletes, that's going to go so much further than just nose to the grindstone and pushing ahead. Uh, and I can say, that I mean, I've been that athlete, like it's, it's, again, it's, it's a value that makes athletes, um, you know, such great and dynamic and, um, passionate people, but it can also get in our way. Um, and because I've been there, that's why, again, I want to kind of give space and normalize this. Um, the idea that 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 execution at all cost is not the goal. That space is is okay and critical. I, I would argue because that's what's going to get us to the end, and that's not that's what's going to get us not just to the end of this goal, but the end of the goal several seasons from now, right? Because like I've talked about on the podcast before is. The goal is not to be an athlete for 12 weeks in the build up to a race. The goal is to understand how to integrate our athletic identity into our lives such that we can take advantage of all of the positive um positive components of what being an athlete can can provide and should provide, right? That the you know goal setting, expectations um, uh, identifying and, and executing towards a goal those are all skills that that apply in all areas of our lives and like I said at the beginning of the show, that's why we're starting to see people outside of the athletic community um, resonate with um, with some of the topics that we're talking about in the show because they're they're applicable to to all aspects of our lives so um I want to encourage you. Think about where you can find space. Um, if you're a self-coached athlete, think about how you're going to answer those questions honestly and really lean into when there's opportunities for space. If you're someone who has struggled with um, making giving yourself the permission to have that space, when can you, when can you make it? And how can you be okay with that? Um, the permission piece is 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 the hardest hurdle to overcome for so many athletes. Uh, it's not that we don't know that we need space. it's that we we don't feel okay giving it to ourselves because we feel like we're going to take a step backwards, or we feel like we're less committed uh, or that somebody beside us is more committed because they're not doing that. Don't worry about any of that. Give yourself permission. And think about when you can infuse opportunities for space. Again, it could be vacation. It could be singular days in a training block where you feel like the weight of that training has really, is really starting to weigh on you. And um and wake up and do what feels right. Right? Have breakfast with friends and family. S- don't set your alarm. Go for whatever feels like the best duration, intensity, terrain for that day. Or don't do any of that at all, and just rest. Um, there are so so that's my challenge to 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 self coached athletes. If you're an athlete that works with a coach, make sure that you are having these conversations. Um, if there's coaches listening, where where can you pay attention? Where you can infuse mental space? Are you Um, are you assigning your value as a coach to the number of workouts that you write? Is that what your relationship with your athlete is based on? If so, address that, right? The role of a coach is to ensure that the, um, the goals of that athlete align with, um, with their individual needs and then carry them through a a sustainable approach to their athletic identity. Um, it's not to write the best 12-week training program uh, that sacrifices balance at all cost. Um, So think about what that approach looks like for you as a coach. Again, coach and athlete relationship, no matter where you're coming, uh, if you're on the athlete side or the coach side, um, how are you addressing that? And are there opportunities for space that will – not detract from the training progression but allow for more sustainability. Um so um again I think this is one of the most um I think it's one of the most critical aspects of how we are able to remain excited and motivated um in a sustainable fashion as athletes. And again, it's important I just want to reiterate, it doesn't it's not linked to motivation. I just really want athletes to remove themselves from this execution at all-cost mentality and know that there's opportunity for space. The pursuit of our athletic potential is not um, a nose to the grindstone pursuit. It should be something that's enjoyable and challenging but provides value. Um and and that's an important balance to strike. Um and again, coaches writing a bunch of workouts is not the end goal. The goal is to um to make sure that uh that our guidance um makes our athletes lives better. And there's as much of a mental aspect there as there is physiological. Um, and so, I want to encourage everyone to think critically about this idea of space. Um, no matter the time of year, if you're uh, if you're in the winter, if you're in the summer, if you're building towards a peak race, if you're in the you know transitional seasons, setting your sights on goals, um, get ahead of it. Think about when you can uh, can make that space. So, thanks again. Uh, this topic comes from input. From you guys, uh, from things that I am um, am f- a- a- am in a position to think about, based on the feedback and your comments on social media and your reviews, and so thank you because this is um, these are things that matter, uh, and this is these are topics that I uh, am just immensely passionate about, and um, so thanks for, for keeping the conversation alive. Uh, One more time, I'll say it at the uh, the closing of the show, Um, keep the ratings and reviews coming, share it with a friend, Um, enduranceminded.com, send us your comments, your questions, things you want us to cover. Um, I'm really enjoying these solo recordings, uh, leaning into the topics that um, that are top of mind for our listeners. So, um, I, I, I'm excited to keep that alive and keep that blended, um, with our, uh, with the guests that we have on the show. Thanks as always. Um, couldn't do it without you guys. And, uh, I'll see you next time.